Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. If you can turn with me, please, we're picking up in the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 19, verse 11. The title of our message is The Second Coming. The Second Coming. The Bible's filled with promises, and every promise God will fulfill. If God says it, that settles it. We can trust God's word. And so we have many promises that we can apply to our own personal lives. We, we know God cannot lie. God is true. He is the truth. And one of the promises we have is that Jesus Christ will come back to this earth. It's called the second coming of Jesus Christ. He will come again to this earth, and he will rule and reign on this earth. And I, I personally look forward to that time. I wish we had more scripture to explain how it's going to be, but it's going to be similar on this earth as it was during the Garden of Eden. It's going to be different than we're used to when we, when we come back with him at the second coming. During that thousand-year reign, it says they will study war no more. There's not going to be battles during that thousand-year reign. They will study war no more. The deserts will be turned into uh, a pool of water. There's going to be no more deserts. So if you're a desert person, sorry, there's going to be no more deserts. The lion will lie down with the wolf. The children will be able to pick up snakes. I don't know why they're going to want to do that, but they won't bite. The trees, they're going to do what? Clap their hands. The trees of the field will clap their hands. Mountains will bow down. I believe what's happening right now because of the curse, because of sin, uh, this life that we know looks great. The trees look wonderful. The mountains look great. But they're in kind of a dormant state right now. It's kind of like the, what is that? The, the Chronicles of Narnia. You know, the things are going to be different. And we're going to actually see trees just clapping their hands and so that's the second coming. It's the millennial kingdom when Jesus Christ returns to the earth. And that's what we're going to read about, the second coming of Jesus Christ. We just sang that song, people get ready, Jesus is coming, soon we'll be going where? Home. home. We're going to go home. He's coming to take his bride. We looked at that last week. We looked at the marriage supper of the bride. And so he's coming to take us to be with him. We're going to have seven years there with him, and then we're returning with him. So... This is very exciting. We are going to be talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ. So if you can, please stand with me, and I'm going to read out of Revelation 19. We're going to look at verses 11 through 16. This is the Apostle John writing. And John says, Now I saw heaven. Can we say that together? Open. And behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called. Can we say that together? Faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like flames of fire, and on his head were many, can we say that? Crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. And he was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called, can we say that together? The Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. 
And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written. Can we say this together, please? King of kings and Lord of lords. Let's pray again. So, Lord, we give you these verses. We pray for, Lord, it's just the simple teaching of this wonderful text that you would speak to our hearts. May every one of us realize this is not an ordinary book. This is God breathed. This is you speaking. Lord, we know this is a futuristic event. This will happen in the future. But how does it apply to us? Please, Lord, make it clear. Allow your Holy Spirit to speak clearly to each and every person. May, may all of us walk away from this study, and may we be able to say with confidence, God spoke to me through his word, by his spirit. May that be a reality, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Timeline's pretty simple with this, because we just read it's the second coming of Jesus Christ. That, that means this is where... The tribulation period ends. Next week, we're going to look at the battle of Armageddon. We're going to look what happens when Jesus comes back, how he's going to deal with his enemies. So timeline's pretty simple. Uh, it's going to be you know, his return, and there'll be, it'll start the millennial kingdom, as we will look at. So there's your timeline. Um, things that we always want to point out that we've been looking at the tribulation period for some weeks now, and we want to remind ourselves because... The tribulation period will truly be hell on earth. It will be a terrible thing. It'll be so devastating. So we want to remind ourselves this, that we will not be here during those seven years of tribulation. We will be in heaven. We'll be with the Lord as we've been looking at. Matter of fact, it's very clear we're in heaven during the tribulation period because what we just read, it's, we're going to be, return, we'll be returning on white horses with the Lord. So it'd be kind of weird. How could we be on earth, as some people think, if we're going to return with him on white horses? So, so we'll be in heaven for seven years. All hell will break loose, but we will not, as believers in Jesus Christ, won't be here. If you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, you should be scared because you don't want to be here. And, and that, hopefully that fear will draw you into a relationship with God through his son Jesus so you can escape this hell that will take place on the earth. You do not want to be here. It's going to be horrific. If you've been with us these last uh, few weeks or so, you know that it's going to be terrible on this earth. The other thing we always want to be reminded of the fact that the book of Revelation is the only book in the entire Bible that promises a threefold blessing. And it's good to be reminded of that because uh, there is a blessing attached to this. Sometimes we get new people here and they're like, oh no, he's in the book of Revelation. (laughs) And it scares them. Well, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, there's nothing to be afraid of. Matter of fact, just a reminder, the name Revelation means the the unveiling. And it's not just Revelation, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's the unveiling of Jesus Christ. Well, in our text here, Jesus is unveiled before us. We get to see Jesus like no other book. So there is a threefold blessing. We're blessed when we read it. We're blessed when we hear it. And we're blessed when we apply it. So we just read it. We just heard it. So we can close our Bibles and there will be a blessing promised to every one of us. But there's the third fold blessing is when we apply it, when we keep it. And so let's try to see if we can uh, have some application as we look at this wonderful text back in verse 11. John's writing, he says, then I saw what open? Heaven open. Behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called, can we say that out loud again? Faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges. And he makes war. 
In biblical days, most soldiers were on foot. They, most soldiers didn't ride on horses. When you rode on a horse, it means that you were someone with authority. You were someone with power. And, and if you were on a horse, you were able to have speed and, and all. White is the color of victory. So Jesus Christ, he will come in authority. He will come victoriously. He will come and rule and reign. But it says heaven was opened. It's interesting wording, heaven opened. John sees heaven opened up. There's a heavenly realm that is here even around us that we can't see. There's angels. You know there's angels encamped all around us, but we can't see them. I don't think we can handle it if we saw it. <laughs> Typically in the Bible, when someone sees an angel, they like fall flat on the ground and like with fear, you know. It's, but heaven opens. Heaven itself is going to open up and... And in the text that we're reading here, it's going to open up in order for Jesus Christ to come down to the earth. But also, as we just read, we're going to be following him on white horses. And he's going to come and, and rule and reign. And, and so heaven's going to open up. And I, I don't know exactly. We don't have, have enough details how that's going to look. People on earth, they're just going to see the clouds and everything just whoosh, open up. And it's like, here we come. I don't know. But we're going to be on the other side. We're going to be on white horses. We're going, to, we're going to see heaven open up, and we're just going to go. They must be flying horses because I don't, we're in the air, right? <laughs> so that's going to be bizarre and awesome. But when we think of heaven opened up, remember in chapter 4, when John, he saw a door standing open and heaven was open. And I believe this was the rapture of the church. John, excuse me, Revelation 4.1. And it says, after these things, I looked and behold, can we say that together? A door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, come up here. I believe personally this is the rapture of the church. John was caught up into the future when the rapture of the church took place and he hears this voice like a trumpet saying, come up here. And instantly he was caught up into heaven and the door was open. So we see heaven opened up here to bring us as the church into heaven in the rapture of the church and then it closes and all hell breaks loose down on the earth and, and devastation takes place. And then when God's done with that and God wants uh, his son and us to return, he goes, okay, open the doors and shoo, heaven's opened up again. And here we come with him on white horses. Amazing, fascinating stuff. Look back in verse 11. And he who sat on him is called faithful and true. Do you know Jesus Christ is faithful and true? The word faithful means trustworthy. You can trust Jesus Christ with your entire life. True. He, he, he not only speaks truth, but he is truth. He is the truth. He's trustworthy. My question to all of us that are here today, are we putting our full trust in him? He's faithful. You can trust him. He's true. He won't lie to you. Man, listen, man will always disappoint us. God will never disappoint. Man will lie sometimes and manipulate sometimes, but God will never will manipulate. He'll never lie to you. He is truth. He cannot lie. He is truth. And, and again, I believe this is a reminder for us as believers to put our total trust in him. You see, when we give our life to Christ, it's, it's allowing him to take the, if you will, if it's a car in your, your life, the steering wheel, it's kind of weird though. Jesus take the wheel, that's just kind of, but, but here it is. But we're just saying, you take, you take over. 
And my challenge to you is right now, is he taking over? Is he the one that's guiding you? Is he the one that's leading you? Are you in that control spot again? Have you taken control of your life where it's my will? It's what I want. And I would encourage you with our text, trust the one that's faithful and true. The one you can trust. Let go of that the reins of your life again. Submit yourself totally to his lordship. Allow him to lead you and guide you. He is the one you can trust, the only one you can trust. Jesus Christ is faithful. He's true. You can trust him with your entire life. As a matter of fact, that's what he wants you to do is to trust him with your entire life. He doesn't want you to take over. Or maybe you're there sitting there, you know, kind of driving from over here like this. Okay, no, I got it. I got it. I got it. Do you ever drive with someone like that? You're like, you're taking like, whoa, whoa, wait. That means you're not trusting him. Let me challenge you with this. Have you taken over your life? Have you taken it back? Are you filled with yourself and your will? And let me ask you this. How's that working out for you? It doesn't work. It doesn't work very good. Because you were created to worship God, but you were also created to allow him to be Lord. You see, when he comes back, we'll follow him. He will be Lord. He will conquer. He'll have many crowns, meaning he'll, he'll have full control of everything. But it's a reminder. This text is a reminder to us. He wants to do that today in the heart of the believer. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, he wants to take total control of us. You see, the problem is he created us with a free will. Not our problem, not, not his problem, but that we have a free will. And what can happen is we, we exercise it in such a way that we're taking over again. And, and we have to be reminded every once in a while, give it over to him. He's faithful. He's true. You can trust him. Let me say this. With this uncertain world that we live in right now, it's good to know that we're, we have someone we can trust in, someone that's faithful and true, isn't it? We can trust him. We can trust his word. He'll never lie to us. He'll never deceive us. But we're living in a world that is very uncertain. How about this? Do you guys see this? Illegal religious texts. Apple removes Koran and Bible app in China at the request of the uh, Chinese government. So Apple removes the Koran app and the Bible app from the, re- at the request of uh, Chinese officials. So they were asked to remove it because it's against their law. So they did. So Apple removed. We're living in uncertain times. How about this? Do you guys see this? U.S. US officials sound the alarm on stunning Chinese, listen to this, hypersonic missile test. No no idea how they did it. Listen to this. Communist China tested a nuclear-capable hypersonic missile late this summer, don't miss this, that circled the planet before taking aim at its target, a test that has stunned the Biden administration. We're living in uncertain times, guys. We've been talking about this for many years. America will not be a superpower because, biblically speaking, we're not in there. How about this? China strengthens diplomatic ties with Iran and Russia. China is gathering America's strongest adversaries as it looks at strengthening it, strengthen to strengthen its military and diplomatic ties. Very interesting days because we know Iran and Russia is mentioned in end-time prophecy, and now you've got China gathering together with them. Very interesting. We're living in uncertain times. And then this. Iran announced breakthrough in nuclear enrichment while nations fear atomic bombs. Over the weekend, Iran announced it has crossed the threshold of its enrichment of uranium, which is something that should concern the Biden administration 
according to the news. Guys, we're living in uncertain times. Jesus Christ is coming back. He's faithful. He's true. We don't have to worry if we put our trust in him. Amen? Amen. And his eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many, can we say that together? Crowns. And a name written that no one knew except himself. He's going to have a name that no one knows except himself. I find it very hilarious when I read commentaries, uh, different commentaries, and they write, they try to tell you what they think it is. And I'm like, we don't know what it is. <laughs> Can't we just rest in that? That it's this, no one except himself knows. Let's just leave it at that. Eyes like a flame of fire. A fire in the Bible speaks of judgment, a fiery judgment. He'll come in judgment. But I think there's more to it. His eyes are like flames of fire. I think it's the fact that he knows everything. He sees right through everybody. There's going to be no mistake when he judges. It's not going to be like he's going to come back and he's going to smite the wicked nations and the wicked people. It's not like he's going to go, oops, 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 missed that one. Oh, we shouldn't have not. We could. Thousand people there, we probably should have kept those guys. No, no, no. He's just going to judge righteously. His, his eyes like flames of fire. He's able to discern and judge every heart, every man. Please understand this, especially if it's your first time here and you're, you're not too familiar with the book of Revelation. I, I want to make this clear. The people that Jesus is going to smite, the ones that he's going to deal with, are very, very wicked people that continually refuse his grace and his mercy and his love. We've been looking at the fact that they're going, to, they're going to be given every opportunity. They'll have 144,000 witnesses sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're going to reject it. They're going to have the two witnesses sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're going to reject it. They're going to have an angel circling the whole earth, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're going to reject it. God's going to try to shake them up with earthquakes and famines and, and different things to wake them up spiritually. And they're going to reject and reject. Not only are they going to reject it, they're going to worship Satan and the beast, which is the Antichrist, and they're going to worship his image. And they're going to be evil. And God will finally deal with them. And he discerns. He knows what's right. He knows what's wrong. Makes me think of... Hebrews 4.13, it says, and there is no creature hidden from, can we say that? His sight. But all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. He sees everything. The crowns are, it's a word, there's two different main words for, uh, in the Greek. There's the, the diadem crown, which is a royal crown, and there's the stephanos crown, which is an achievement crown. This is the diadem. This is a royal crown, but it's not just one. It's many crowns. He's going to come, and he will be the sole ruler of all the earth. He's coming to rule in righteousness and goodness. His clothes, he was clothed in a robe dipped with blood, and his name is called the Word of God. His robe dipped in blood. It's interesting. Some people try to say, well, you know, this is because the blood he shed upon the cross and, and all that. I, I don't believe so. I, I believe it, it's very, it's speaking of the fact that when he comes, uh, there's going to be, when he returns, we'll look at this next week, it'll be the, the battle of Armageddon and they're going to be wicked and evil people. They're going to literally turn their guns and their military forces against Jesus and he's going to wipe them out and there'll be blood, which is pretty crazy, but it's going to happen. Isaiah the prophet writes about this, makes it very clear. It says, why are your, excuse me, why is your apparel red 
and your garments like one who treads the winepress. And then the Lord answers, I have trodden the winepress alone. We're not going to be fighting with him, guys. He's doing this all by himself. And from, from the peoples, no one was with me. We're not going to be with him in battle. We're not going to fight. He's going to fight. For I have trodden them in my, can we say that together? Anger. Anger and trampled them in my fury. Their blood is sprinkled upon what? My garments, and I have stained all my robes. Jesus Christ came the first time as the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. That was his first coming. He rode on a donkey in peace to give every opportunity for man to repent of sin and to die on the cross. He who knew no sin became a sin offering. Jesus Christ willingly laid his life down. He came as a lamb stricken before the foundations of the world, dying for all of our sin the first time. And throughout 2,000 years, we're given an opportunity, receive Christ as your Savior, allow him to wash you from all your sins, and it's going to echo out and echo out and echo out. But when those that reject and continue to reject and they're evil and they're wicked, he's going to deal with his enemies. I know personally, sometimes I, want, I, I look at things, I'm like, when is that going to change? That's injustice. That's wrong. When, when, you know, when are they going to deal with this? And when are they going to make this right? And, and all these things. Well, right here, he's going to make it right. And we don't have to worry about voting because he'll be put in place. You don't have to worry if your vote's going to count or not because he's... <laughs> and his name is called... Can we say that together, please? The Word of God. His name is called the Word of God. This is why we spend so much time in God's Word because Jesus himself is called the Word of God. He is the Word of God. The power of his Word... Don't ever underestimate the power of God's word. His name is called the word of God. Charles Spurgeon, when he was 22 years old, he was asked to speak at an event that held 20,000 people. And back then they didn't have microphones. So he went there early to project his voice because he wanted to make sure that everybody could hear, hear him because, again, there was no microphone. So he kept repeating, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And he didn't know that there was a worker that was working there. And this gentleman kept hearing. He didn't know that Spurgeon was out there. He thought maybe it was God speaking to him. <laughs> and he literally prayed and accepted Christ as his Savior. Just by the word of God. I had a wonderful opportunity to do uh, two memorial services this past week, Tuesday and Friday. Let me tell you, I was so ministered to by the word of God going forth. Different family members standing up and quoting scripture and talking about their Jesus and talking about the Lord and quoting the Bible. And I was so ministered to. I got to share, obviously, the gospel and had a handful of people come up to me and say, Pastor, that made sense. And They wanted to know more. It's the Word of God. His name is called the Word of God. We know this in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, what was made? Nothing. Nothing was made that was made. In the beginning was the Word, Jesus. And the Word, Jesus, was with God, and the Word was God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three in one. And he was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him. 
And I, and I pray all of us understand that. If you believe that Jesus is a created being, you've got the wrong Jesus. No, Jesus is the creator, the word of God. The one that spoke word, his word and said, light be and light existed. The one that spoke the, the, the stars into existence and named them one by one. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. God bless you. You've been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettit and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our new location is at 4121 Warner Avenue in Huntington Beach at the beautiful Huntington Harbor Marina. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.